Hello, everybody, and welcome to our MedTeach On The Go podcast for November 11th, 2020. Today's topic is navigating scholarly activity challenges. And we've got two pros joining me today, Dr. Robin Devine, who is the Medical Director for Academic Research and Human Subjects Protections at Ohio Health, and Dr. Laura Rush, who is the Director of Academic Research Services, also here at Ohio Health, um, and they both work within our Ohio Health Research Institute. So thank you very much to both of you for being with us today. Thanks for having us. So my first question um, revolves around the common challenges that we encounter with doing scholarly activity, especially within the residency or fellowship environment. And Dr. Devine, you spent some time during today's webinar, which I highly recommend checking out if you have the time. It's also available on our website, discussing the different set of rules and regulations regarding um, research and specifically consenting participants and how that can be different to what we think of as ordinary consent in the medical office. Could you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Well, I think as clinicians, we have wide access to the patient's uh, medical chart as part of our job. And so we often don't think about um, HIPAA and um, consent for some of the more basic things we do. Whereas in research, it's, it's ruled by a completely different set of regulations, most notably the common rule or revised common rule and the FDA regulations, um, which have a lot more uh, parts and pieces particularly in consenting. So there's specific elements that must be involved in the consent, um, and there's a specific process that must happen, um, and the consent must be uh, signed and then given to the patient a copy of it and kept on file for so many years afterwards. Um, and sometimes it has to be posted on the clinicaltrials.gov website. And then HIPAA authorization that our patients give us when they come in for clinical care is something you have to obtain separately for research or get a waiver from the IRB. So definitely some differences to be aware of. And for those of you listening um, who are affiliated with Ohio Health, OHRI is a fantastic resource. For those of you listening from outside of Ohio Health, we encourage you to connect with the resources available um, at your healthcare system. Dr. Rush, you talked about the importance of, you know, starting with small wins during the webinar today and building capacity over time. And I really appreciated the overview to some of the types of scholarly activity that might be a little less intimidating for those who are newer to doing scholarly activity. Could you talk a little bit about some of those um, less extensive type of projects, such as doing case reports or QI or survey research? Yeah, case reports or case series are a great way to start out and get your feet wet. They really uh, take a very low amount of effort, low amount of time. They'll count as a publication when you, when you go to fulfill your requirements. And depending on how many uh, subjects are in your case report or case series, you may or may not need IRB review. The best thing is to just reach out to us and we will help you with what you're trying to do, help you find additional cases if you wanna to add to your series and work uh, through that with you to help you get everything you need to get that out and published or presented somewhere. 
Uh, quality improvement are it's a great way to get some scholarly activity done. It doesn't have the same rules and regulations as IRB uh, oversight research. And so we can help with that as well to help you build out a plan, help with data collection and things like that. And, and um, to get a, a, a letter from the IRB office that says this is not human subjects research. And then finally, survey research is a great way to get some data and get your feet wet and get some really interesting results. And we have ways to survey people who are in our system as patients, but who are also out in the public. And, and we can not limit ourselves to Ohio, but even go nationally with some electronic survey resources. So it, that's something to keep in mind for some small wins to be able to build upon to build your program. Well, that sounds fantastic. I think so many times, um, those of us within medicine think about scholarly activity as being a prospective, randomized, controlled trial. And I really appreciate the time that you spent during today's webinar outlining some of the more accessible and you know, simpler things that can still yield important results um, and help advance you know, scholarship within medicine. My final question um, relates back to something you were talking about, Dr. Devine, in terms of not trying to carry all of the load yourself when you are working on scholarly activity. And I will disclose, I definitely made that mistake when I was doing my first um, research project as a PI after fellowship. And I was hoping you would speak a little bit about the importance of connecting with um, folks who are interested in collaborating and serving as a mentor. Sure. Well, one of the great advantages of being part of a health system like Ohio Health is you have lots of other colleagues that have similar interests. So reaching out and um, you, you can collaborate on a project together or simply get some background, get some information, understand if somebody else did a similar project, what their challenges were, what their wins were. Um, you can collaborate not only with people in your therapeutic area, but people in other disciplines or other institutions um, and really make it a stronger project without a lot of additional work. So um, it, there's nothing that says you have to do that project all by yourself. Yeah, that's fantastic, and it's great advice. Um, I'll wrap up today by mentioning two of the online resources that can help connect you to those data sets and to folks who are interested in research as well, and that's the MedEd portal and also researchmatch.org. And Ohio, I learned today, has the proud distinction of having the highest number of volunteers available on researchmatch.org in the nation. So go Ohio. Well, my sincere thanks again to Drs. Devine and Rush for sharing their expertise and their encouragement with us today. I urge, urge, urge you to check out the outstanding webinar presentation that they did. If you'd like more information, you can find it on our medteachonthego.com website. And if you view that webinar, it is available also for CME credit. And as Dr. Devine is one of our outstanding DO physicians here at Ohio Health, um, our DO colleagues can also seek category 1A AOA credit for today's session as well. Thank you to you both. And we'll talk to you again soon with another MedTeach on the go.